0: Hey, listen, we are in part three of our series. It's a four-parter, so we have uh, we have next week. We'll wrap it all up. It's been a great series called Happily Ever After. And really, we're, we're looking at, this was a month to kind of talk about relationships. The world's talking about it. We need to kind of bring God's view of it. So it was important for us to dive into it a little bit. Um, again, the first two have already happened. You can go online and watch those. Anytime, And so uh, we're looking forward to today. Going to get into a a subject. Uh, Last week we talked about kind of fighting fair, so I thought we're going to talk about how to make up (laughs) this weekend. Be a little personal here a little little bit, but uh, anyway, so it's maybe a little, at one point a little PG-13, so we have great children's ministry and youth ministry going on right now. Um, (laughs) But listen, it's important for us to get into the Word because the world has so much to say about this topic of intimacy that we just can't listen to the world. And so when we look at marriages today, the question really is, is it possible to have a happily ever after? Is it possible to have a healthy marriage? And statistically speaking, the the studies will show that one in every two uh, marriages end in divorce, so it doesn't look very probable It almost looks like the odds are stacked against you, but can I say, it may not look probable, but all things are possible to him who believes, amen? So we can actually have better odds, but we won't have better odds if we, as Christians or followers of Christ, still manage our life and our marriages the way the world does. We'll end up with the same results. If we want different results in the world, we'll need to live differently. And so let me say this, the statistics for Christians or people in the church is really just the same as it is in the world, about 50%. And So I want to encourage you that God has a plan. And so I also want to say this, a topic like marriage is a difficult one for people because of their past. And I understand that. I want to be super sensitive to that. And so I know there's a lot of pain associated with uh, relationships, etc. cetera. That's why it's so important for us to talk about it in the church. And again, the world has no problem talking about these things. We need to get God's look and God's view on stuff this morning. I want to start by saying this. My mom texted me yesterday and said that her and my stepdad were going to be out of town. And can I just say, I was so thankful. I love you, mom. Hope you're watching on stream. But can I say, when we talk about some of the stuff today, I'm glad my mom's on the front row. That's a little weird. But uh, we want to dig into the Word. Let's go ahead and start with a couple pictures, though. I asked you to do a, a hashtag a wedding, a, t- a hashtag TLC wedding pic. I, I grabbed a couple, want to show you. Appreciate people that were brave enough to put them in, knowing they could go on the screen. I just need to love Pastor Dave this morning and singing, and just... Man, just singing out there today. Appreciate it. Pastor Dave, you haven't aged a bit. And so, this one, it looks like he's got this mischievous look on. I did this wedding. He's got the cake in his hands. got the look on the face. We need to have the next picture. He ended up getting smashed. He, yeah. Praise the Lord. I didn't eat cake that day. And uh, so, uh, speaking of tree kids, our children's ministry, this is Pastor Trish. She heads up our children's ministry. And so, she does a great job. So, I thought... We'll put them up there today. And they did the opening. And then I think one more. Yeah, I don't know if she's looking for the wallet or ready for the honeymoon, but. Actually, it fits today's topic. I just It fits today's topic. That's why I went there. Okay. So get your Bibles out. Turn to Lamentations 3 for me. Lamentations. I know. Really, we're talking about relationships, and we're looking at the book of Lamentations. And Lamentations is a lament. It's sad. It's depressing. But here the prophet Jeremiah, he kind of helps us process some things and feelings when we look at our past, and we see mistakes, and we make decisions we wish we wouldn't have. and instead of trying to walk out guilt and shame or or live there, he gives us a picture and some hope. And so let's take a look then. Here's where he goes in in verse 19. I remember, he's talking about, I remember the choices I made. I remember the mistakes I made. And I remember the wandering where I shouldn't have been and, and different places, the bitterness in my heart, the guilt, the shame, the gall. I well remember them. I think about them all the time. My soul is downcast within me. Great way to start a marriage message, right? My soul is downcast within me, but listen to what he's he goes but yet I call this to mind also never forget no matter how bad it seems how many mistakes you've made how how bad you think you have wandered from God or there's no return listen remember this I have hope because of the Lord's great love we have hope because of his unconditional love we have hope because of the work of the cross we have hope amen Because of God and his great love, we always have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. I don't have to quit. I don't have to give up. I can keep going for his compassions. Another translation says his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Aren't you thankful for the faithfulness of God? His mercy is new every, listen. I don't know what your past and your relationship experiences are, and I know there's real hurt and real pain there, and you may feel like the prophet Jeremiah, I think about that, I'm living there, I'm having a hard time. Let me tell you this morning, because of God's great love for you, his mercy is new today. Let the past be the past, amen. We live life forward, fresh start, clean slate, no guilt, no judgment, we all make mistakes. That's why Jesus came and he died and paid the price so we could have new beginnings. And God's great love gives us one today. And he'll give us one tomorrow. And he'll give us one the next day. So, understand his mercy is new today. We start new today. That's what I hope you hear in the messages here, that we get a fresh start. But we can't follow the world's way with relationships or we'll get the world's result. And let me say this and helping you as a pastor, because the world has so infiltrated our minds and our relationships and constantly does that. This is a, 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 ought to be a, a no-brainer, but just in case, and, and if you uh, uh, haven't gone there already, can I tell you, don't go see 50 Shades Darker. Let me help you save you for a bunch of junk you don't need in you, you don't need the world's way, you don't need the stuff on the internet, you don't need the movies, the TV, the garbage, you don't need that, you don't need that. If you've already experienced that, His mercies are new today, fresh start. God's a good God, and He is faithful. Great is His faithfulness. God's got a better way. Okay, so you can go back and look at the other two that got us to where we are today. And what we need to do today in order to to start our relationship off, my my title, my message is uh, to be life-giving. Actually, I don't remember what the title is, how to have fun or how to be life-giving, but you'll see it. So um, we're gonna talk about how to have an enjoyable relationship, how to have a life-giving relationship, how to enjoy each other. And so really, it starts with creating a foundation of enjoyment. I mean, that sounds like, really? Yeah, but how many of us actually have put time in to build a foundation of enjoying each other? What have we done, according to the word, to create a life-giving environment in our relationships and in our home? And so we're gonna look at that this morning because if we want to live in a life-giving relationship, enjoyable relationship, it takes and requires a foundation. And so we're gonna try and create that. We try and create that here. Our hope is when you come here to Tree of Life, you don't feel guilt, you don't feel shame, you feel the life, love, and power of, God. You feel the hope of God. That's why we sing songs that will feed and build your spirit, man. That's why we use the word of God to help edify you. We don't want to tell you everything that you're not supposed to do. We want to tell you what you should do. Let's focus on the good and not just always look at the bad. Don't tell me what I can't do, tell me what I can do. And so we want to create a life-giving environment here, and that's the same. We pray for these families to create a life-giving environment in their home. And so you need to create that a foundation of that. And let's look at Deuteronomy 30. Here's what it says. This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. God says, listen, I'm giving you an opportunity. You can have life or you can have death and it's like a test. So we're taking a test. It's a two, there's, two, there's two choices on here and then God's so good that he says, and in case you don't know which one to pick, let me give you the answer. <laughs> right? it's not, you get one. You get a 50-50 chance, but let me give you the answer anyways in case you're having a hard time. You can choose life or death, blessings or cursings. Now choose life that you and your children may live. Understand your choices don't just impact you. They impact all your relationships. All the more reason to choose life. We would want to choose life anyways. Uh, We do make mistakes as mercy new every morning. Praise the Lord. So let's choose life today and let's understand that not only impacts us, but it impacts those around about us. And that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him. Listen to this last phrase, I love this. For the Lord is your what? Life, you realize the Lord is your life? I don't know what you think your life is. We have a lot of things, well, they're my life, this is my life, and that's my, no, the Lord is to be your life. We need to spend time with the source of our life. You want to create a life-giving environment, you got to connect with life. And the Lord is your life. I love that, I love that phrase, for the Lord is your life. He is that life-giving spirit, he is that breath of fresh air, so you have to connect with him because he's your life. So let me give you some life-giving principles. Number one, life-giving relationships look to God as the source of their life. We just stated that. You gotta look to God as the source of your life. In other words, we don't put pressure on others to make us happy. We're not supposed to put pressure on other people to make us happy. Too many of us do that. Listen, uh, you don't put pressure on your spouse. Don't put, pressure, don't put pressure on your boss. Don't put pressure on coworkers. Don't put pressure on your kids to make you happy. Really, they determine your happiness? They determine your joy? Absolutely not. Jessamine and, and I are very happy together, but she's not the source of my happiness. I'm not the source of her happiness. Can I say this and hear my heart in this, hear this the right way? I was happy before I married her. She was happy before she married me. What? That's mean to say that about your spouse. No, it's true. Because people like the whole Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire, whatever, I showed that clip, you complete me. Come on, people don't complete you, Jesus completes you. We can't put people in a place that only God can be. We can't expect from people things that only God can give us. God always intended to be that in our life, and happiness is a choice. My wife does not complete. Can I tell you the best thing I could do before I married my wife is find completion in God before I married her? Listen, don't marry a project. Don't be a project. How great is it when two complete people come together to completion? and make one, however you want to say it. Two complete people come together. Listen, and if you've married projects, or maybe you have the project, don't be elbowing point. Listen, listen, his mercy's new every morning. You put Jesus in the middle of his source of life, okay? And so listen, let's understand that we're putting pressure on people to be something God never intended them to be. Let God be the source. People are not that, the source of happy, the source of joy, the source of that in your life. Um, uh, let me give you another one. Life-giving relationships happen when two servants are in love. It's not all about you. When two servants are in love. So and now that God has brought completion to me from God, now that God has filled me, I have the power to serve my spouse. I had power I never had before. When I find my fulfillment, when I find God as the source of my life, I not only have my power, if you will, which has limits, I have his power, and now then, I can actually serve my spouse. We're both called to serve our spouse. The question is, how do I serve another person? Well, when you do the first principle and make God the source, then you're able to serve the other person. Listen, great relationships exist when we see that God put me to serve her when God put her to serve me. The hard thing is God put us together with complete opposites, all right, it's like that. It'd be easier if there were more like me. No, it wouldn't be, actually, because who wants two of you, right? No one wants two of me. But here's the struggle, we have serving complete opposites, and we think, then that's just, a, that's frustrating. Remember, God's our source. But listen, here's how this works. See, Jasmine and I are complete opposites. I mean, we are. I don't know if you've ever heard of the DISC personality test, D-I-S-C, right? I, can I tell you, it's been a while since we've taken it, but I bet I would test out as a D-I and my wife would test out as an S-C. See we're a great team, all right? We spell DISC together, all right? But we're opposites. I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, Gary, Dr. Gary Smalley's book, The Five Love Languages. The Married for Life group goes through that uh, regularly. It's a great book. We all have our wired a certain way with uh, certain love languages. We give and receive love differently, completely opposite. And and can I say it's my job to find out what her love languages are and love her the way she receives love. I'm not to love her the way I receive love, because we're opposite. And she's to find out my love languages and love me the way I receive love or show love to me the way I receive it. And for my wife, one of uh, her love languages is physical touch. And so it's, it's very important for my wife, every day before I leave, and I get up and leave early, usually before anybody else is up in the house, That I come and she's asleep, I come on the other side of the bed and then give her a kiss. Sometimes like, I don't wanna wake her up, but can I tell you, even when she's sound asleep, if I don't do that, she'll call me throughout the day, hey, you didn't kiss me before you left today. I'm like, how did you know? I mean, I can't wake you up in the, in the morning to, you know, for anything to go to breakfast or whatever, but if I don't kiss you, you know. It's just her gift. So she, it's a wonderful, beautiful, amazing gift. I mean, why wouldn't I love that? And so it's this gift thing that we have to learn. So my, my love language is, is really words of affirmation. And so another one of my wife's love languages is uh, acts of service. She's like, just, just the little things, do things around the house, it's really a blessing to her. So I come home one day and, and she can be w- working in the kitchen, getting dinner, uh, uh, you know, getting everything ready and I'll come in and give her a hug and a kiss. And, and then, uh, you know, what are you doing? Making dinner, can I help you? No, I got this, go ahead. My, my words of affirmation, why don't you go ahead and sit down and why don't you tell me about your day, honey? No, that's okay, I wanna be in here and I, I don't mind helping, let me, let me help you. I, I'm thinking in my mind, acts of service. And she's like, no, that's okay, honey, why don't you? I got it. Why don't you go sit down? and let's just go ahead and start telling me about your day." And I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in here, and I'm gonna help you no matter what. No, you go sit down right now and start talking. Now we're two servants in love fighting, but it's way better than when you're not serving and fighting, that's a, It's not really true, but we uh, find how we love each other that way, and listen, how great would it be to fight over serving each other? That's God's intent, right? That we find the way to serve our spouse. And even though we're complete opposites, if God is your source, He gives you supernatural ability to do what you can't do in the natural. And so you have to connect with Him. You have to make sure you're connecting with Him. Only power of God can give you the ability to do that. Let me give you the last principle. Life-giving relationships make the choice every day. You make the choice every single day. You have to choose every day. Choose you this day. The Bible says, this is where we need to talk about when people say, I've fallen out of love and I've fallen in love. You don't fall in and out of love. It's like a ditch, right? (laughs) I fell in it, I can't get out of it. Oh, I got out of it. It's like, it's not that. You you don't fall in and out of love. And I don't mean to make that silly. I think our, our perspective needs to change a little bit. Love's a choice. Love is a choice, love is a choice, it's not a feeling. And you have to make the choice every single day. You have to make the choice every single day. Now I know it takes, makes two people to make it work, I understand that. Again, I know this is a hard message sometimes for some, but his mercies are new every morning. So every day I'm gonna let God fill my needs, not my spouse. Every day I'm gonna serve her, not serve myself. And then I have to do it all over again, I have to choose to do it all over again tomorrow. Choose to. It takes work, but sometimes people don't want to put the effort in. Uh, Maybe I think sometimes think that it's just love and that stuff's just automatic. Can I tell you it's not just automatic? It's not, it's a choice. So what do we need to do to enjoy it, to enjoy each other? Ecclesiastes 9.9, here's what it says. Ecclesiastes 9.9, live happily. You mean God wants me to live happily? God's plan for you is to live happily with your spouse. God's not here to punish or suffer or take the fun out of life. He wants you to live happily with the woman you love. Now listen to this. Through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun, the life God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. Now listen, he says, life may not seem like it's a whole lot of fun. It may seem meaningless and a lot of toil, but he says, even in the midst of that, you can enjoy each other. If you can't find a way to enjoy the life that you're, that's around you, you can enjoy each other. I love that. I don't, you know what that means? I don't, it doesn't matter how bad the world gets, how bleak it looks, how struggle or challenging it may seem round about us, we can still live happily together. We can still love each other and enjoy each other as God always intended. You know, the world's going to change. We don't have control over changes and things like that that happen. But that doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy life together. I love that about God. God wants you to live happily in all the areas of your life. Enjoy life together. In the the NIV, in fact, it says enjoy life. I love that. So we're going to have to find ways to enjoy life together with our spouse. And how do we do that? I I think there's a thing that we, uh, something we need to look at that we typically don't when it comes to this area of enjoying life. Now, we are triune beings. God created us, we are first a spirit. A spirit man, that's who we are. We're a spirit, we have a soul, which means we have emotions and we have a will, and we live in a body. We are, there's three parts to who we are. Spirit, soul, and body. So it just makes sense if God created us with three parts that we need to find ways to enjoy those three parts. Right? Otherwise, we're only enjoying one third or two thirds, and that's usually the case. We'll emphasize one of the third, and then we'll find time there, but we'll neglect the other. In fact, I had this discussion with a, a friend of mine the other day. Some things they're walking through, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm asking him, "What are you doing emotionally?" He's telling me about this. "That's good." "What are you doing?" "What are you doing physically?" I'm telling. He's telling me about this. "That's awesome." "What are you doing spiritually?" Well, I'm going to church. Well, you gotta do some other things spiritually. And so we need to address all of us and we're neglecting a third or two thirds, whatever that looks like, okay? So I believe that the way God created us as a triune being, he created ways that we can enjoy each other, spirit, soul, and body. And so let's talk about that for a minute. Let me give you the first one, the first area. God intends for us to enjoy life with each other in all three areas, so let's start right here. Emotionally, or your soul, emotionally. The soul needs to be fed. Your emotions need to be fed. And long before you get to the physical part, enjoying that together, to the sexual part, the soul needs to be fed. And especially most of the way we're wired, the way men and women are wired, mostly this is uh, something that maybe mostly the ladies would understand. Their soul needs to have fun and we can do that. Listen, we can build each other up or we can tear tear each other down. One of the primary ways you build someone up can be the same way you destroy somebody and that's with your words. So it's important what you say to your spouse. It's important how you talk to them, what you talk about, how you engage with them emotionally. Because understand this, that most people's emotional tank is either filled or emptied by words. It's true. And so listen, men, we need to be very careful on how we talk to our spouses. We can't intimidate, we can't try to dominate, we can't try and bully because what you're doing is not filling their emotional tank, you're emptying it. Same ladies, you need to be careful on how you respond and speak to your man because his emotions and stuff. You're a loser, you can't provide, you can't do anything right. Listen, you're either filling his tank or you're emptying his tank. And that happens emotionally, but there's a way when we're both trying to fill the tank, right? Can I tell you men, the car, we all know men, men know cars, we all know the car goes farther and better when it has a full tank, right? I mean, that's just the way, right? I mean, so this, listen, understand something, that we need to spend time enjoying each other emotionally, or we need to make sure that our words are building up. Our words are encouraging and not tearing down. And again, we say words, uh, I say words, we say words that we can't get back, but we can go ahead and fill the tank. I may not be able to get that word back right there, but I can use a whole lot more words to fill that tank. And so we need to understand that, just here today, it's truth today. The words that you sang, you sang words and and worship, you sang words and worship, you're hearing words being preached, listen, what is it doing? It's filling your tank, makes you look at things differently. First Peter 3, eight through nine says this, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, on the contrary. Repay evil with blessing, fill the tank, because to this you were called. You were called, you realize one thing you and I were called, I don't know what I'm called to, am I called to be a preacher, am I called to do this? I'll tell you one thing you're called to, you're called to be a blessing with your words. Because this, uh, to this you were called. You were called to speak blessing, it's your calling. Can I tell you, emotionally, we're talking about filling tanks, when we are doing what we are called to do, that's the most satisfying, enjoyable place to be. Come on, every one of us is called to speak blessings. And then the Bible says, when you do what you're called to do, you may inherit a blessing. It's ultimately to your benefit to fill the tank of the other person. Number one, you were called to do that, so that's when it's the most satisfying and enjoyable. And number two, the response is a blessing into your life. you got to fill the tank emotionally. Romans goes so far as to say this, I can speak to things that be not as though they were and see them come to pass. You need to fill their tank with things that they may not be walking out and living with right now. Call things that be not as though they are. You can enjoy life together just by your words because it's your calling. That's what you're called to do. Yeah, it, most, uh, most women have a gate that all intimacy flows through and that's the ear gate. Studies show that most women respond to intimacy through the ear gate. You need to say things that will fill the tank emotionally and not drain it. So you need to invest there, enjoy each other. Uh, you know, go on a date night. What do you do when you go on a date night? Yeah, fill in the tank. Find time together. Just make time together. Fill the tank. Okay, the next one. Let's get to the next one. And the next one, you can enjoy each other physically, physically. And I just I want to start right here. I I get embarrassed really easy, and so if when I'm talking about some of this stuff, if I pass out, okay, then I've asked Pastor Cody to come and just sing and worship the Lord. And then when I recover, we'll finish. But anyway, so I just want you to know that it's not as simple as it may seem. There needs to be intentionality in what we do, and what the world is is filling our heads and minds with is not necessarily God's standard. See, it's God, do you realize that, that the world has not created a better way to do anything God's created? It's not. And if you want the best or the fullness of something, you do it the way the creator created it to be done. And so even the world and movies and all this junk and garbage that's on and all this kind of stuff, listen, it doesn't mean that that's gonna be better than what God created. In fact, it's not. And so we need God's standard. And so anytime I do a relationship series, I'll always get this, and I wanna make a statement here, that it's God's standard that we want. And God's standard on these kind of topics is not unclear. And the world may think, well, it's a different day, it's a different era, and all these people say this, and legislation says this, says this and stuff, and politically correct, can I, can I, can I just say, it? it doesn't really matter, I don't wanna be politically correct, I wanna be biblically correct. And God has a standard. And that's what we want to live by. And so I want to say this because I get this question all the time. Yes, I believe God's standard is man, one man with one woman. And I believe that's the standard of God. And I know that today the world's changing. That's why we have to get in the word. That's why we have to stay in the word of God. And I, I know that's hard for some people or whatever and goes against this in today's world's thought minds. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about God's standard. And that's what I want to look at. God's standard is one man and one woman in marriage, and that's his standard. And when you follow God's standard and God's way, there's a great pleasure and joy in it. God put pleasure and joy into intimacy, so we need to stick to it, or we need to come back to it. Uh, let me read God's word, okay? I'm gonna read God's word for you, all right? Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. When you see the word fountain, that is, uh, talks about the male anatomy, and when it talks what's talking about the the female anatomy as well and so when you read scripture and you read proverbs or song of solomon things like that that's what that means male anatomy's fountain female anatomy as well as well so may you your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice listen in the wife of your youth next verse a loving doe a graceful deer now let me stop there anytime you see this analogy That is speaking to the female, see? And then I'm going to use a word I really only use when I go to Bill Miller's and order fried chicken. Okay, so, may her breasts satisfy you always, and may, I just, where's the water? Let me give you some water, all right. Okay, so I won't repeat that, but let's pick it up at the end of it. May you ever be intoxicated, listen to this. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Can you imagine an intoxicating relationship and moment with your spouse? Are you kidding me? God wants you to have an intoxicating relationship with your spouse. That's God's plan. I don't care what the world says. And the world is not gonna bring you an intoxicating relationship. It's gonna bring you a toxic one. God's standard, God's way, right? And so let's make sure we're following God's way. God wants you to enjoy each other. Uh, Song of Solomon, four and five. I'm sorry, chapter four, verse five. Okay, your breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of a gazelle. There's the imagery again with the the deer uh, that browse among the lilies. And so understand this. I think it's important because it really gives us a picture. We look at this analogy when it talks about a deer or a fawn. And when you see that, the deer... I think it's important here because let's just be honest, every man in Texas ought to relate to this deer thing. Can I just write, write, we're in the deer capital of the world right here, whatever that is. And so having that in mind, men, you need to be very careful about your physical approach. Right? There's a reason why this, these pictures are being used and these analogies are, you become, be, be careful about your physical approach when it comes to sexuality. Because great sex is tender, affirming, and affectionate. I'm getting all the worldly stuff. If you're, let me say it this way, guys. If you're hunting deer and you're going out to the deer stand, you're going out very gently, very quietly, very tenderly out to the deer stand. You don't go hunt deer, and I'm not a big hunter, but I know this much. You don't go hunt deer and go, okay, here I am. Where are you at? Come on out, where are you at? Come on out, here I am. You know what happened? They run and scatter. They do, they're gone. They go hide. They run off. Don't make me say more than that. I'm glad my mom's not here. But that's the analogy in scripture. It's there for a reason. It's crazy the messages the world sends. Again, we don't need to go over all that, but God's standard. God's standard is intoxicating. We're gonna follow God's way, amen? So men be careful with your approach. Let me say this women about approach. Now women to women about your approach, just have one, just make one. Men don't care. <laughs> Just have one. Just make one. Men, they don't. Okay. <laughs> my wife's. Lo- my wife's looking at me. Thank you. My wife's looking at me. Okay. Most women. <laughs> most women are aroused by what they hear, the ear gate. Most men are aroused by what they see, the eye gate. I mean, that's. That's obvious. I mean, that's the things we need to understand, however, about each other. And so, because most men are aroused by what they see, just a a little tip, don't spend a lot of time in the bathroom putting on the nightgown passed down by your great-grandma. That's flannel all the way to the floor, long sleeves and up to your neck. And if you put a spotlight behind it, you couldn't see through it anyways. It's the Bible. So, So it's like, man, I turn the lights right. You turn the lights out, right? He'll never find you. And go ahead, and leave some light on. Don't leave the TV light on. That might, might be the only thing that distracts him. Turn the TV off. Have your own episode of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> Come back next week, please. <laughs> hey, so we need to feed the emotional part of us. We need to feed the emotional part of us. We need date times. We need to spend time together. We need to feed that. We need to feed the physical part on it, but listen, be careful. Be careful there, because don't create frustration. God's way is intoxicating. Don't create frustration, uncomfortableness in things. And last one, I gotta give you this last one. Uh, body, soul, and spirit, spiritually. It's interesting when you look at having fun in the, in the context of things that we're talking about, you can have fun spiritually. I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if we really realize that, but really, in, in may, that may be the main thing we ought to focus on. I think maybe the other two would be a great outflow if we're focusing on creating those enjoyable moments spiritually with us. It's not just a moment with God that we have spiritually, if you will, it's a moment that we have with our spouse. And let's take a look at Hebrews 3.1. Look at this scripture, it says this, brothers and sisters, you are, you are holy partners, partners in a heavenly calling. Husband and wife, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. You are holy partners in a heavenly calling. You're married, you, you are called to do something great together for God. You're, you're called into a partnership, you're called to a team, to, you're a team. Jessamie and I are a team together in God's calling. My family, we're a team together in God's calling. And I know some of us will have the mindset of like this, listen, listen, you know what, honey, why don't you go ahead and serve in the kids, I'm just gonna stay here. Can I tell you, you are missing something amazing when you're not serving your heavenly calling together. Then you're only, listen, then you're only addressing two-thirds you're only addressing two-thirds of you and how are you going to have a fullness of joy and enjoyable times if you're only addressing one-third or two-thirds so we can't we can't neglect that and again his mercies are new every morning amen we start here we start today Remember, let's not, it's not with Jeremiah said. So let's not live in the past. Let's not be down and downcast in that. Let's, let's get hope in the Lord for the mercy that's here today to give us a fresh start, a new beginning. Listen, every couple here, God designed the two of you to make a difference together on this earth. And when you do it together, it's incredibly fulfilling. Can I just say for my wife and I, and that's not just because we're pastors, but for my wife and I, some of our most incredible fulfilling moments is when we do ministry together. Why? Well, you're pastors. No, it's because we're spiritual beings like you are, and we have a heavenly calling like you do. We're just doing together what God's called us to our heavenly calling. Whatever that is, when we serve together, there's something bonding, there's something exciting, there's something fulfilling, there's something enjoyable to do that. So I just want to encourage you in that. One of the strongest bonds we have, and with my kids, is serving together. Let me give you this last thought Matthew 6 21. For where, listen to this. Now, we use this typically, and I do, use this typically when we're talking about finances, but I don't believe it's only applicable to finances. So, not I'm not. I don't want to use it that way today, because I think it's applicable in other ways. But where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Because here's what we see happen sometimes. I just don't love him anymore. I just don't love her anymore. I just don't have feelings for him anymore. I just don't have it. And that and that may be true. I, I don't know how you feel. But here's what I do know. The Bible says when you give the best part of you, when you give your treasure. What's your treasure? Your time, your talent, your touch, your words. Wherever you give that, your heart will follow. It may be a few weeks, and it. It may be a few months, but if you think like the feeling's gone and you've lost that loving feeling, then maybe you start giving your treasure back to that individual, and a few weeks from now, you'll find your heart there with it too. Yeah. what the Bible says. I'm only telling you what the Bible says. It's where your treasure is, there your heart will be. See, because we think feelings first, and then our choices will follow. If I feel this then i'll do this and can i say that's not what the bible says right there the bible says you do it your choices lead and your feelings follow choices lead and feelings follow what life-giving choices do you need to make today because his mercies are new every morning god is a good and faithful god